0: This is Reset. I'm Jen White. Earlier this month, House Democrats passed a $3 trillion coronavirus relief package to help the economy and American workers. They've named it the HEROES Act. But Senate Republicans have shown little interest in the bill, and President Trump has vowed to veto it. Meanwhile, new unemployment numbers are out today. They show that more than 40 million Americans have filed for unemployment since March. And despite the $1,200 stimulus checks that went out, people and businesses are still struggling. To find out what Congress's plan is at this point, we turn to Illinois' senior senator, Democrat Dick Durbin. Senator, welcome back.
1: Thanks, Jen, good to be with
0: you. Well, I wanna get into what's happening in DC, but first you've joined with 10 Chicago area hospitals and the Illinois Health and Hospital Association to address the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on black and Latinx communities. It's called the Chicago Heal Initiative. Can you give us details about this?
1: We started two years ago. We have the leaders in the hospitals come together and they identified the problem we all know so well today the terrible health disparities in the great city of chicago and cook county. uh we took the 10 leading hospital administrators, sat them together and said can you agree on some common goals and they did. 16 of them, not by any federal mandate, it was their decision to hire more people from the neighborhoods around the hospital, to encourage more businesses to locate there. But to get down to the bottom line here, the public health disparities, why is there a 16-year difference in life expectancy? Uh, Six stops on the blue line. You think, what in the world to go from down in the loop to Garfield Park and to have such a change? It's evidence those disparities were there long before COVID-19. So specifically, what will this initiative uh, do Here's my vision going forward. I think as we talk about contact tracing and hundreds of people working in the community uh, to connect up with people who may be dealing with exposure uh, to infection and may have their own chronic health issues, we're gonna see a new development here, an evolution of healthcare workers who really reach out beyond the walls of the hospital and find people uh, that need a helping hand early on before they have a more severe medical condition and get very expensive. So uh, I think that uh, more medical professionals and more outreach will come out of this health experience we're having with this pandemic.
0: Well, turning to Congress, uh, you're in the middle of a stormy political debate right now over what role the government should play in the pandemic moving forward. Tell us about this recent bill from the House, the HEROES Act. What's actually in the bill?
1: Well, let's step back for a second and say, do we need more? We've done $3 trillion, for goodness sakes. Is that enough? Well, I'm afraid it's not enough. We still have 40 million Americans unemployed. The numbers were just announced recently. They went up again. We are still facing the threat of this coronavirus. We see some promising glimmers of hope and decline in infections and death, but it's still out there. It's a serious issue. We have businesses struggling to open under the right circumstances to be safe and healthy. So my feeling is that this bill that came out of the House is absolutely necessary. Let me tell you what's in it. First, it extends the unemployment benefits, uh, which which are set to expire July 31st. Is there anybody listening who thinks we're going to be through this unemployment mess in eight weeks, nine weeks? I think we need to extend them. Secondly, we need to help small businesses continue to borrow money that ends up being forgivable uh, as a loan if they invest them back in their employees and their businesses. Third, we've got to make sure we help our hospitals. I'm worried about it. You take a look at hospitals in downstate Illinois, and even in inner city. Many of them in the city of Chicago and downstate are struggling to keep their doors open and survive. We can't afford to lose them. And finally, the centerpiece of it is to help state and local governments that have dramatically lost revenue. We need that money here in Illinois. We need it in the uh, cities and towns that have paid a price for this pandemic.
0: There's also money included for testing and, and contact tracing?
1: Yes, $75 billion. We really decided to move forward on this. We cannot open this economy safely and see a decline in the infection rate unless we are testing more people. I salute the governor for doing that and, and making certain that those test results result in contact tracing for those who may have been exposed to the infected uh, individuals so that they can protect themselves and people around them. We should accept the reality that for the time being, we're going to be wearing masks, not to protect ourselves so much as to protect everyone else. It's a small price to pay to try to stop this infection rate.
0: Well, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is not planning to take up the
1: HEROES Act. Where is the clash around this bill? I just don't get it. Mitch McConnell of Kentucky says... I don't feel a sense of urgency about this. What planet is he on, for goodness sakes? We have people that are concerned, and in some cases frightened, over the prospect of being exposed to this. We have medical facilities that are facing closure. We have all of these new people reporting that they're unemployed. And he doesn't feel a sense of urgency. He ought to get home again and and check out the people in the state, as I've checked the people in this state. They need a helping hand. We're told by the head of the Federal Reserve, don't take your hand, your foot off the accelerator at this point. We've got to push hard to move this economy out of this recession that we're in into a more positive environment. And making certain we invest in people, particularly those who've lost their jobs, is the starting point. Has
0: the majority leader expressed concern about about the price tag attached, or is it simply not feeling a, a, any urgency around this issue?
1: Well, it's two things. First, he says it shouldn't be $3 trillion, it should be $1 trillion. Come on, let's sit down and negotiate and compromise. We've done that before. We can do it again. And secondly, he said, I won't consider anything unless the government gives immunity, immunity to businesses uh, when it comes to this COVID virus. Well, I will tell you this. The, the businesses I talked to, and I just was on the phone this morning with the Restaurant Association, they want to play by the rules. Tell them what the rules are going to be in terms of uh, social distancing, wearing masks, and hand sanitizers, and the, and the rest. They'll follow these rules, and that should be a good standard to follow. But to give government immunity to say whatever your conduct is, whether it's a good faith effort or a bad faith effort, you're free of any liability, is just to invite more people to get sick. Well,
0: the CARES Act, that's the last relief package, was a bipartisan effort Um, that passed unanimously. Are you open to bringing this HEROES Act to the table for edits in order to get it passed?
1: Absolutely. And that's the only way it'll work. We need to have the president, uh, Secretary Mnuchin of the Treasury Department has been a pretty good negotiator. I'll give you credit for it. We need the leaders in the House and the Senate to sit down, and it's not going to look like it passed the House. There are going to be changes made, but that's part of the process. I think the American people expect us to push the politics aside, do the right thing for the economy, do the right thing for our public health, and do it quickly. Stop messing around with these threats and arguments back and forth. We've had enough of that. Well, if
0: this bill isn't taken up or if it doesn't pass, what would that mean for Illinoisans and others in our region?
1: Well, just consider this. June 30th is the end of the small business loans uh, if we don't do something. Uh, July 31st is the end of the federal benefits for unemployment if we don't do something. We know hospitals across our state are struggling to keep their doors open. We can see a decline, dramatic decline, and the assistance has been promised there. But even more important is what's happened to our state and our local units of government. If we don't have some help from Washington coming in, we're going to see layoffs of critical, and critically important people, police and fire, teachers, medical uh, workers that are really risking their lives. The local budgets won't be able to sustain their efforts. And all the folks that we are thanking, as we should, for their good work in the midst of this health crisis, we're going to find cutbacks in budgets at the local level costing their jobs. Well,
0: you've been visiting testing sites here in Illinois. Last week, you visited the UI Health Testing Site in South Shore. What's your take on Illinois' need around increased testing right now?
1: Well, I went to area code or zip code, rather, 60649, which, as you mentioned, was South Shore. It is ground zero for the African American highest infection rate in the city of Chicago. UI Health has opened a facility there where they're testing people. We need to make sure that they're more just like it. We need more testing. There's not enough going on right now. We need results on a timely basis, and we need to really stamp down any outbreaks that show this infection showing again. In countries around the world, they're starting to get a grip on this, and we can too. But testing, treatment, vaccines are critical for that to happen.
0: What about the availability of PPE, personal protective equipment, for first responders and and other workers who who need access to that critical equipment?
1: Sadly, it's still a problem. Uh, I I hope we're learning the lesson that when we say a national health care stockpile, we've got to invest and make sure it's ready. Now, who would have guessed we'd have a nationwide public health crisis? We do. But the fact is we haven't responded to it. Uh, we said to the governors, including J.B. Pritzker and others, get out there uh, in the marketplace and start bidding on this PPE. Well, the cost of it went through the roof. I talked to one hospital downstate. They were paying $0.22 cents for a disposable surgical gown that would protect the people working there. Now the price is up between 8 and $20 apiece for these gowns. What costs $0.15 cents to protect your shoes is now up to $3. So there's price gouging. We need to have the federal government stepping in on that. There's not enough dedication to domestic production. The president can help there. He has the authority to do that. And we need to make sure that our stockpile in the future is ready for this kind of challenge.
0: Senator Durbin, can you turn back to this issue of accountability? You mentioned price gouging for personal protective equipment. What would you like to see come out of Congress to ensure that people who are taking advantage of this moment are actually held responsible?
1: Well, I can tell you a couple things need to happen. Uh, in the first bill, I joined with Lamar Alexander, Republican Senator of Tennessee. We have the National Academy of Science asking a threshold question here. What medicines, critical medicines, medical equipment and devices if the United States counts on every single day are available here in the United States? How many are being produced overseas? That's the startup question. The Food and Drug Administration shouldn't just take a look at that device or that new drug and say it's safe and effective. They also have to add the question or the the assertion, is it available? And we've got to start there. Secondly, when it comes to the president using his authority, he should have moved quickly. We've been pleading with him, use your authority. First, it was for ventilators. Then it was for protective equipment. He can move some parts of business. For example, General Motors got into the ventilator business at the president's urging. I give him credit for that. But we could do much more when it comes to masks and protective devices uh, for those who are involved in healthcare care work. Uh, I think we could do a lot more if we really had all hands on deck. And let me make one other point this should not be overlooked. We lost four to six weeks because the Center for Disease Control insisted we had to devise an American test for this virus. We weren't going to take the World Health Organization test. We had to invent our own. We lost four to six weeks when they came up with a test that was not good. So that was a mistake made at the earliest stages, and it cost us lives. So on one, one
0: side, I hear you talking about making sure the necessary equipment is made available. But we already know that there are companies and individuals who are price gouging. How do you backtrack and, and hold those individuals accountable when you have a nation that's in the midst of a pandemic and in many cases scrambling to respond to what's happening right now?
1: That's why we have a Federal Trade Commission and why we have a Department of Justice. And I will tell you, two well-timed lawsuits for the most egregious uh, cases would send a message out across the United States and beyond that we're just not going to stand still for that. Anybody who tries to profiteer on the basis of this deadly pandemic is going to have to pay a price in court. That kind of action, although they promised it, has not been shown, and we just need more of it. This is a moment for the government to set an example of those who've done this in the worst way.
0: So we know on one hand we have the the public health crisis that we're facing right now, but COVID-19 has actually created a, a series of other issues uh, related to our, our economic health, including issues around food security, housing security. What would you like to see happen in the coming weeks, either at the state level or at the congressional level, to ensure people are able to keep a roof over their heads, to keep food
1: uh, in their family stomachs? A friend of mine said the other day, this coronavirus isn't going to break us, but it's going to show us where our system is broken. And I think that's exactly what's happened. The health disparities when it comes to African-Americans and Latinx population are very obvious, Poverty and uh, the transition from being healthy to being sick. I mean, we're seeing that demonstrated across the United States. We also need to look at the obvious when it comes to, you mentioned housing. That has been a, a nagging issue for so long, and there is little or no leadership at the federal level. There should be to provide a, a reasonably safe place for a person to live in the United States that's affordable. I mean, these sorts of things are all coming forward. We need more health care professionals. We don't have enough doctors and dentists and nurses. I have a bill in with the National Health Service to expand it dramatically. It would be a student loan forgiveness for those in medical school who pledge to work in areas of need in our state and nation. There are, these are things, this is an opportunity for us to step back and take a measure of where the United States did not live up to the values that we all share.
0: What about our immigrant population? What's in place to help them?
1: Well, not enough. And I will tell you, it it seems to me nothing short of outrageous. And I'm going to give you an example without using names. A woman calls our office and says, I'm a nurse. I'm working on this COVID uh, virus 19 infection rate, but I also have a family with four children. Well, it turns out that because my husband is undocumented, my husband is undocumented, I as a citizen and my kids as citizens do not qualify for the cash assistance promised by the president. Now what in the world is that all about? You know, this is an immigration question that should not stop her and her family from receiving a cash assistance available to all other citizens simply because there's an undocumented person living in her household. You know, that to me is an example uh, that is totally unfair. Secondly, when we deal with a public health situation, we have to realize we're all in it together whether that person you're sitting across from on the train or the bus is uh, citizenship status is this way or that way is secondary to whether or not they're healthy and whether they're endangering your health. We've got to expand the reach of health care in this country to make sure that we're all being protected.
0: So Senator, we know that Congress has been quite divided um, over the past several years. We have this rare moment of bipartisanship around the care act, but At least as of right now, the HEROES Act is stuck. How hopeful are you that we will see some relief come out of Congress for the American people?
1: I think there are two things in our favor. The clock is ticking when it comes to help the small businesses. It's uh, about 35 days away from expiring. When it comes to unemployment benefits, as I mentioned earlier, it's eight or nine weeks away from expiring. Uh, This crisis is going to be around here for a few more months at least. I hope uh, that it ends soon, God willing, but we know better. And secondly, we have a president in the United States who likes like to sign those checks, those checks to families. I think he might want to sign some more before the November 3rd election. Bottom line is this. We have to feel a sense of urgency, even if Senator McConnell does not. There are people in this country who are struggling to get by, and we ought to be stepping up on a bipartisan basis to help them.
0: Well, very quickly, as we wrap here, as you know, Illinois is positioned to move into phase three of reopening the economy by the end of the week, most of the state, Chicago being an exception. Do you have any concerns as health officials warn about a a likely spike in infections this fall?
1: Sure do. Just finished a book called The Great Influenza by John Barry, Story of the Spanish Influenza. The second peak was worse than the first. I don't want to see that happen in America. We've got to be careful. I want this economy to be opened and reopened as quickly as we can safely do it. I'm talking to businesses who are really working on that same purpose here. I understand the frustration and I guess the sadness the governor and others feel when they have to announce we're not quite ready. The mayor makes the same announcement. But if we do this thoughtfully, we're not going to have to relive what we've just been through over the last three months. Let's put that behind us and move forward in a thoughtful, responsible, and safe way.
0: That's Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois giving us an update on the federal government's work to fight COVID-19 and his thoughts on where Illinois is at during this crisis. Senator, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jen. And that's today's Reset. Join us right here tomorrow. We'll bring you the latest reactions and rule changes from Springfield and City Hall on our Friday News Roundup. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. Continue your social distancing. And let's talk again soon.